if we could just be open and non-judgmental and curious and create a safe place with your partner to find a way that works for both of you. Oh my God, the, the list is endless of ways to support one another's fulfillment sexually and have it bring it into the real sacredness of that communion. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have an awesome guest today. Intimacy expert Alana Pratt is a global media personality and the go-to authority for those who've suffered heartbreak and are ready to live unapologetically and attract an open-hearted, ideal relationship. Her vulnerability and courage landed her a featured weekly column on the Good Men Project. She's been featured as an icon of influence, a guest expert at the Huffington Post, People Magazine, Forbes, CBS, Fox, and The Jenny McCarthy Show. This Ivy League grad is the author of six books, has interviewed Whoopi Goldberg and Alanis Morissette, and hosts the edgy podcast, Intimate Conversations, where listeners learn how to find the relationship they deserve. A certified coach with over 5 million viewers on YouTube, Alana was asked by Lisa Gibbons to coach her during Dancing with the Stars. While supporting nonprofits like the Rise of the Butterfly to end human trafficking, Alana offers private and group coaching plus retreats so that her clients have a thriving, intimate relationship with themselves first which naturally attracts and enhances their ideal partnerships. Wow, Alana, we've got so much to talk about. Welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you with us. Oh, Dr. Richard, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. I'm so glad that my bio inspired you to want to talk about a lot of juicy things. So <laughs> thank it, you. There, there's lots to talk about. And, and I want to go back kind of the beginning because one of the things I love to get at are people's whys. Why did you mm. want to start doing the work that you're doing today? To save my sorry ass. <laughs> I would say that's probably the truth. This didn't start out as like a purpose thing. This started out where I needed to take care of myself and I was the only one in common with two divorces. And uh, growing up very much a people pleaser, wanting daddy's love. Dad was drunk and stoned growing up. So I was always three steps ahead trying to do it right. Look good. Get, be safe. You know, be approved of, get a, get appreciation, get something to fill this void in my heart that I didn't know that I could fill from the inside out. I only thought I could fill it from the outside in. So uh, when there were those two divorces in common, and then it got so bad as a horrible custody battle and things were really, really rough, I thought, okay, well, I'm willing to take responsibility. I know I'm the only one in common in all of this. What's missing? What am I not seeing? What's the blind spot? And the blind spot was I did not have an intimate relationship with myself. And we often think of intimacy as bound, chicka, bound, bound, right? We only think about it in the bedroom, which it's awesome. That's really awesome. But intimacy to me is really about that vulnerable, raw, real, honest, transparent relationship with ourself. 
Can we slow down enough and feel and get out of our spinning head and into our emotions? And when we get there into our emotions, do we try to fix them, change them, you know, look good, be better? Or can we literally sit with the willingness to hold that little you inside for eternity, even if they never change? Because that would be unconditional love. Otherwise, it would be conditional love. I'll go in there and I'll be nice to you so long as you change so we can look good. This is really about the most key fundamental building block of self-realization, unconditional love with ourself, an intimate relationship with ourself, every aspect, the light and the dark, the sad and the happy, the part of us that's in pain, the part of it that's triumphant. Can we, can we integrate them all home and just be there in grace with ourselves? Well, I sure as shit couldn't. <laughs> so uh, I learned how. And now I help others. And it saves marriages. It helps people find their beloved. It just makes them peaceful in their skin. It makes sex better. Frankly, brings in more money because they're not afraid of money. They have an intimate relationship with money. You know, their whole life up levels. This is fascinating for a lot of reasons. Number one, I, I love that you talked about having an intimate relationship with ourselves. Number two, and, and we're going to spend some time in each one of these things because that's your bag and, and I want to share your wisdom with everybody listening to this. Mm-hmm. I loved that you really talked about this from a standpoint of not being for other people. You know, there's so many people that are conditioned. They're told they have to be the good spouse and a good spouse acts like this. You're saying kind of the opposite, that you start from the inside out, you work on you first, and then all these different ways that it can have a ripple effect on these other aspects of our lives. So I I, I love that. And and I guess technically there's four things, not three, that, that really impressed upon me. We, particularly in the self-help space, you know, I, I, so many people will come on shows like mine and others, and they talk about the light more than they talk about the dark. But you're talking about embracing. Oh, let's get in both. the dark. Yeah. So let's let's get yeah. there. Let, let's spend some time <laughs> there. Talk to us about the darkness, and and let's let's talk about what that's like because that's a very unique perspective that I rarely hear expressed. Yeah, thank you. Well, I think most of uh, humanity is either addicted to Facebook porn, ice cream at three in the morning, you know, whatever it is that we don't feel. Nobody's taught us how to feel. And they've also taught us that feelings are bad. So let's stay away from there. And yet that's our Achilles heel. That's what keeps us addicted. That's what keeps us blaming others. That's what keeps us criticizing ourselves. That's what keeps us spinning so fast that we can never rest and be present and exhale and feel safe in our body and be able to have that incredible listening, not just to our lover, and as I said to ourselves, also our children, how can we be an askable parent who can just sit there when they come home with some crazy news? You know, most parents are like, oh, well, that needs to change. And how could that happen? And how could you? And blah, blah, blah. they're not just like, hey, wow, tell me more. I'm right here. I got you. Like most of us don't know how to do that for our kids because we can't do that for our little kid that lives inside of our heart, right? So when I first started to go, quote unquote, inside to look in the darkness, I'll be totally frank. Like I, I had tons of coaches. I've, I've, uh, I've been at this for 20 years. I probably spent over 200 grand in my own training and development. And I still go to courses all the time because I really want to be sure that I'm never holier than thou. I'm also always humble. I'm always the student. And I'm also willing to own my mastery and what I'm extraordinary at as well. And when I went in to start to look in the darkness, I just saw all these awful parts of myself, Dr. Richard, like the shameful girl, the insecure girl, the people pleaser girl, the, the one who gave away her, her energy, her power, anything just to get approval. And I didn't like her. 
And in order to sit with her, the very first lesson I would, I would share with everybody is you're not going to go in and look at your nemesis or look at the part you're so ashamed of and go, hey, honey, come on home. Love you, love you. No, the first piece is allowance. What you resist persists. What you hope never happens, you're literally putting energy into that and it's going to create it. You're going to create your worst case scenario by resisting it, avoiding it, judging it because you're putting so much energy into it. So stop the resistance, stop the avoidance and just come into allowance. And I put my hands out to the side like this when I do allowance because it's opening our heart. It's helping us be in our body and breathe. It's not saying we like it. It's not even saying we prefer it, but we're willing to stop resisting an aspect of ourself that we have been disassociating, pushing away and judging. So you first come into allowance and you might just say like, hi, how you doing? And like, you might just, you know, you're building a relationship with this part of you and you might start to apologize and own, hey, I've been a real crappy person to you. I've been judging you or I've been off there trying to be good and do it right and look good, which you feel abandoned when I do that. I never got that. I'm sorry. And when I come in with a good attitude and 10 more affirmations and said some somatic tapping and let's just feel better, you're feeling judged because I'm saying the way you are is not okay. Oh my God, all of my best intentions have been making you feel worse. I am so sorry. All you've needed is a hug. Come here. And that's how we get out of our spinning head and more into our body. And we really use what science teaches us, image thought, emotion, body, sensation, all four elements, all four elements need to be integrated for full healing of trauma. That's how the brain works. So just going to therapy and talking about it doesn't work. Visualizing, visualizing is helpful, but it's not the full enchilada. Having a good cry is again, helpful, feel, but it's not enough for lasting change. And even the body sensations, the somatic work we do on its own, in my experience, is not enough for full lasting healing. So we need to go in on all these elements. And I've been trained in these processes so that that part of us, literally the charge, the emotional charge transcends. uh, It's like alchemy into what that experience wanted to teach us all along. Maybe it wanted to teach us compassion or speaking up or forgiveness or resilience or wisdom. There's something that that emotional charge that's stuck inside of us wants to teach us. And this is how we embody the lesson. We don't just have a good attitude about the lesson and stuff it down. Um, that's like spiritual bypass. It doesn't work. So it's, that's, it, my, that's my jam with the shadow. <laughs> it's interesting because <laughs> you're talking about some things that what's, what's interesting is that I'm hearing from you a balancing of some of the talk of energy with a lot of the empiricism that we know exists about multimodal treatments of trauma. The other thing that I heard that's really interesting, and I, and I want to expand on this a little bit, if you would, when you were talking about these dark elements of yourself, you assigned names to them. Yeah. You gave labels to them. How, talk to us about how important that is in wrestling with the darkness, so to speak, to assign labels in, in managing them. Yeah. Well, I, I like, not like a negative connotation of a label or an identity, more of a positive identification of a little aspect of you. I call it little you. There's probably like 25 little you's inside of my, <laughs> inside of my body and art, but there's the little you who's ashamed, the little you who's scared, the little you who's sad, the little you who's mad. You know, there's all these different um, emotions. And when we just have energy arise in our body and we just freak out, it helps to start identifying 
which emotion is calling for our attention. Because each emotion, when transcended, when integrated, when processed, when the alchemy happens, turns into a new superpower. So the shame is, is, is maybe turning into compassion for self and bravery to show up in the world. The pain is maybe going to turn into like resilience and the ability to have courage and open your heart in the face of anything. The sadness, everybody has the right to feel sad. Sad is not bad or wrong. Sad is a very healthy, normal reaction when somebody dies or something doesn't go your way. There's nothing wrong with that. And so it can turn into empathy or compassion. So by identifying or labeling these different emotions as they arise or identifying the little different little use, I like to imagine they're in the, the darkest back chamber of your heart and you, the brave higher self goes in there and finds them and rescues them and talks with them and validates them and listens to them and acknowledges them, doesn't change them. By going in one at a time, each of these individual emotions can be equilibrated, balanced, brought into, um, brought like embodied so that our, our actual baseline, we don't have to try to be in a good mood and try to be courageous. No, like we are courage itself. We're embodied as strength itself. It's different. It's a higher baseline. You don't have to try. It's elegant. It's easy. And your actual measured vibration, your coherence rises. And so you just be this inspiration without trying. You just are the vortex of higher vibrational clients experiences, lovers, like if you're single or loving experiences with your spouse, if you're married, your vibration literally taps in like a radio station. It taps into thoughts that only exist on a higher vibration, right? We're, if we imagine our vibration is like a little radio, when you open up the radio, you don't see the miniature band and they're playing. <laughs> it's a transi- like you, it's, it's going to give you the, the, tr- like the, the energy transmit. That's what we are. If our vibration is low, we cannot access higher vibrational thoughts as hard as we try. But when we change our baseline and we do all this integrative work, our vibration is high and we naturally live in it like a tuning of a radio station where higher vibrational thoughts live with ease and grace. And our life, granted, there's always going to be challenges, right? That's life, but there'll be a, a real grace to it. And you'll be this People will say, you've got that it factor. I just love to be around your energy. I just love to work with you. And you don't have to market yourself to prove you're good enough. They'll just want to be around you. And same with dating. People will just want to go on a second date with you because they feel safe with you. They feel better about who they are with you. And that's the gift of doing the inner work that we can be for humanity. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. I love this. You know, 20 years ago, people would have dismissed all of this as new age, whack, 
wacky nonsense. And now quantum quantum physicists and people like HeartMath you mentioned and Neil deGrasse Tyson, like everybody's kind of catching on now to yes. the fact that this is a quantifiable, measurable thing. Yeah. So it's very cool to hear you talk about that. I, I, I wondered if we could transition a little bit because I know you do so much work in relationships. Yeah. And what do you see you know, in 2020? What are the biggest mistakes that people are making in their relationships? Mm, they're trying to fix each other in order to feel okay on the inside. They really are misunderstanding that their peace and their self-worth is based, they think it's based on the outside in. If only my partner would behave a certain way, if only they'd say a certain thing, if only they do a certain thing, then I'd be okay and feel okay on the inside. But that, who, who likes to be controlled? <laughs> who likes to be told what to do? Who's, who likes to be told how to think and feel? Like nobody. So that's, that's not going to work. So if you can rewire yourself on the inside out, and again, I don't believe you, know, you need to be fixed. I do believe there's an energy that needs to be integrated. There was some event that happened that was just too big to process in the moment when you were five years old or when you were 50 years old. It doesn't matter. But we need to go in there and properly, accurately process this, this experience into the wisdom it meant to give you. Then you have the experience of compassion around your partner when they do something that annoys you. Then you have courage to keep your heart open and speak with kindness and invitation and healthy communication with your partner rather than blaming them and trying to control them. You become this invitation of, of grace and resonance and groundedness so that they don't feel like you're out there to get them or judge them or fix them or control them. There's this um, welcoming safety where they, you, 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 the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. You together can have a new idea like this uplifting evolutionary spark within each of you. You can literally bring it out of each other with creative ideas and deeper intuition. And um, it takes a lot of responsibility and bravery to stop blaming the other. It's so much fun to blame the other. <laughs> um, takes a lot of humility to do your inner work, but that's the path. Okay. So obviously the, the, the biggest thing is stop, stop trying to fix other people for their- Fix or blame. Fix or blame. Yeah, or avoid. I have some couples that I do private sessions and couple sessions. They won't even get on the couples call. I'm like, people, you got to show up. You at least got to show up. So sometimes even avoidance is a way to keep this stuckness happening. So we, we've talked a little bit about things not to do. Let's talk about in all of your years of wisdom and experience and helping so many people in their relationships, what's the top advice you could mm -hmm. give people to add a spark and make things, take things to a higher level with their relationship. Mm, yes. Well, remember how we want to be wired from the inside out, having this intimate relationship with ourselves. So some of the little yous inside are sad or mad or scared or ashamed, but other little yous are just waiting for permission to play or just waiting for permission to have more fun or just waiting for permission to slow down and savor being alive. And so things you can do is listen to that small, still voice inside or that innocent little voice inside that just wants to, I mean, even as a mother or father, let's have dinner under the kitchen table with a fort, with a flashlight, and we're going to eat mac and cheese with our fingers. That's what we're doing tonight. And we have to feed each other. Gross me out. That's what we're doing. Like it's a goofy, <laughs> fun way to, to get out of your trying to do it right and create experiences that your children will never forget. 
or you could with your own self, um, like what would turn you on? Like as a man, what would literally aliven you, awaken you, turn you on and same with as a woman so that you can begin to make love with life. You can begin to be turned on by the universe. You can remember what gives you, oh my God, that spark of aliveness rather than waiting around for your partner to do it for you. So for example, I love to dance. I will put on songs throughout the day. I don't need to go out to a club, although I enjoy going out to live music. I don't need to take a dance class, although I love going to dance class. Literally just putting the timer on and one song a day, like total air band in the kitchen or whatever I'm doing, just get the energy flowing alive in me. How on earth am I supposed to think that I'm sexy and turn onable to my partner if I'm stuck there like a fuddy-duddy, you know, cranky all the time? Like take responsibility of what makes me feel juicy. Flowers, candles. Um, like I have flowers behind me in this. I've got flowers you can't see, but in front of me, like candle. I love this. It just makes me feel pretty and happy. So do that for yourself. It's not that much extra money. Even if you just go for a walk and pick flowers in the neighborhood and make a, a bouquet. And so for gentlemen, what makes you like challenged, maybe really feel like I'm on my edge? Like when's the last time you went and sang karaoke? Maybe that'll make you a little nervous. Good. Like go past your edge. When's the last time you took on a new sport where you weren't going to be the best? You just did it for the fun of it. You just did it to get messy and be a goofball. You know, have a project in the backyard that you can do just to just to be in the flow of creation and and challenge and and rather than only doing things that you look good do it right and nobody can judge you including yourself like let yourself get messy get messy and can you still pursue can you still fall down and get back up can you still love yourself whether you're perfect or a hot mess like whatever it is as a man so that you remember it's not so much about the, the goal it's about the process it's about it's about being alive, right? So that would be something you would do as a, as a gentleman. And then when you bring your more alive self to each other, already just that is like, hey, what were you up to today? You've got some light about you, some energy about you. So that would be individually. And then together, when's the last time you had a night of pleasure just for him? A, light, a night of pleasure just for her? A night of just erotic fiction? A night of just blindfolded feeding each other all the different sensations like a salty chip or a chocolate or a sour lemon. When's the last night you really slowed down and, and just, you know, talk to each other about your fantasies or watched a, a porn or I don't know, like mix it up rather than just getting into this same old, same old, here's the position. This is what gets him off. This is what gets her off and off we go again. Like be curious about one another, explore all the different realms of just a night of kissing. That's it. You're only allowed to kiss even if you want to do more. You know, this the, the boundaries of safety when you know exactly what the night is going to entail, even just 30 minutes, allows you to explore wider, put your walls down and go deeper into that kiss or deeper into that touch or deeper into that conversation. That's interesting on a lot of levels. And, and one of the things that I heard you say and, and the physical aspects of intimacy was where I wanted to go next. And you, we went there, we're there. So that's awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, the it's interesting because we we started off the conversation talking about so many people are addicted to social media and porn, and you know now you're saying porn's cool. So I, I'm curious if you've taken a look at the research and you know what's because the, there are some issues there that we're seeing with internet addiction and porn addiction in particular. And 
I would presume uh, that too much porn is absolutely a terrible thing for the bedroom. Talk to us about how to kind of navigate that line in terms of what's what's healthy. And I granted, I know things are different for everybody, but in, in yeah. general terms. First off, if we're using anything, masturbation, porn, what have you, shamefully hiding from our partner, addicted to it in order to get off because we don't have the courage to heal our own shame and communicate our desires to our partner, uh, plus all of medical research of how it brings out, I believe, H, uh, ADHD tendencies, uh, either not being able to have an ejection or ejaculation or ejaculating too quickly, like all of the medical things as well. But I'm just talking even the emotional things. If that's how we're using porn, it's not going to help. However, if we can be honest, open, transparent, vulnerable with our partner, there are many things that turn us on. Sometimes it's a very coy, energetic, dominant, submissive way of being with each other. Sometimes it's just pure touch, sensuality. Sometimes it's very much about the positions and exploration and wanting to try things. Sometimes it's more about the story and the, you know, the erotic fiction or the role play or the fantasies. Sometimes it's like BDSM and really like tying each other up and really permission and safety around boundaries and, and this kind of thing. Everyone has a different way of being turned on. Do you know what turns you on? Can you communicate? What turns you on? Can you invite it into your relationship in a way where nobody feels made wrong or pressured, but instead invited to explore all of these ways? So there's nothing wrong with porn in and of itself, but as an addictive way to, to hide and have it be this shameful thing that I don't think is healthy or supportive of a relationship. But if you ask, this is what turns you on. Well, there's all sorts of kind of porn out there. There's a lot of porn made by lovely, you know, conscious people out there. Believe me. Lovely conscious a, porn. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I have them on my podcast. Okay. It doesn't, it's not all about um, checked out people that don't understand anything about intimacy. Yes, there's that porn as well. But like, it's okay to be visually turned on and stimulated. I mean, I've had some swingers on my show when they talk about these cruises they go on. Oh my God, did I get an education? So like, there's a lot, there's a lot out there. And I think judging ourselves or each other is the problem. If we could just be open and non-judgmental and curious and create a safe place with your partner to find a way that works for both of you. Oh my God, the, the list is endless of ways to support one another's fulfillment sexually and have it bring it into the real sacredness of that communion that you share with your beloved and only your beloved knows these things. And it's a gift. It's a gift to be that honest and safe with another. Yeah. Well said. T take a couple moments and share with us a little bit about your podcast and how people can find it. No, oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Intimate Conversations a podcast that's on YouTube and it's also on all of the iTunes, etc. Just had uh, John Gray on the other day. Um, my God, what a delicious conversation all the way to the end, speaking of his wife that's passed Yes, and how on the other side, he can still feel her and all the energetic work they did for their 30 years of marriage or more is still possible on the other side. OMG, OMG. So uh, yeah, that's the podcast, Intimate Conversations. And the YouTube channel has tons of videos of the podcast and the Q and A's that I do for people every week. Perfect. And, and Alana, I, I could talk to you forever. This has been so much fun. Thank but we, you. We are at time. But as you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests a single question. That is, what is your biggest helping? 
the single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Mm. The biggest piece of information is do or question is, do you have a thriving, intimate relationship with yourself? Do you even check in? So a simple practice you can do at the beginning of every day and the end of every day, I like one hand on my heart, one hand on my belly, or you can have it on your genitals or whatever makes you feel the safest and most connected to all aspects of self and just go, hey, sweet thing, and breathe. What is it that I haven't slowed down enough to hear you say, I'm listening? If you begin to do this, very simple, 30 seconds of your whole life, okay, in the beginning of the day and the end of the day, your inner self will go, oh, I matter? Oh. Oh, and over time, I belong. Oh, I'm enough because you care about you. And that fundamental practice will spill into all areas of your life. So please take on that challenge. I absolutely love that. Give us the URL again where people can connect with you, Alana. Mm, my website, yeah, alanapratt.com. That's with two L's, A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T.com. So many Reese's resources there for you. Reese's, okay, Reese's pieces. <laughs> Maybe some sprinkles of those too. I don't know. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, and, and for those of you in the gym or behind the wheel, we got you covered. Everything Alana Pratt will be in the show notes for this episode at thedailyhelping.com, as well as in the Daily Helping app available in the Google Play Store and iTunes. Alana, it has been phenomenal having you on today. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, you're delightful. Thank you so much, Dr. Richard. Absolutely. And thanks as well to each and every one of you who chose to listen to this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that's what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for someone else, especially if you don't know who they are. And post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 